There's only one thing that you should not do when it comes to mental health, and that's nothing. So just literally do something. So if you don't know where to go, you're struggling, you feel embarrassed about it, whatever it is, just do something. And it's the first step's always the hard part. If you don't know where to go, you can go on to Google and type in, you know, free mental health helpline and call that up. If you just take that one step, that's going to lead to you then getting information about what the next step is. If you have no resource available, there are things you can do. My name is Ashanti and welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast, where men get real. Men of all ages and backgrounds come to this space to talk about these masks we wear. The front of the mask is the things that we gladly let the world see. The back of the mask are things that we don't usually talk much about. Maybe think about for yourself, what mask have you been wearing? What are the things you're talking a lot about in front of your mask and what's happening behind the mask of things you're not talking much about? Today, sharing his mask is Nick Brax. Um, Nick is an actor, he's an activist, and him and his team just created an app called moveyourmind.io, which helps companies to provide wellness support for their employees anytime, anywhere. In his early 20s, in a very publicly documented car accident, Nick and his best friend were almost killed. After that accident, Nick really used that as a catalyst to turn his life around. He took that moment of pain and challenge to actually turn around and really begin to talk about his mental health. He was then modeling and featured on Dancing with the Stars. And with that platform, he began to talk about mental health and his own mental health journey. I think we all need those moments in our life that help to shake us up. And sometimes we don't get a second chance, but so thankful that Nick did get a second chance. As I think about like what causes young people to begin to involve themselves in substances and um, in use of things to numb themselves. I know the feeling, you know, you may be learning, why is he standing up in this intro? Why, if you can see me, why is he's not at the, at the normal podcasting desk? Well, our office was broken into last week and, uh, and it's a mess. It's a mess. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know how much of the mess I can show you with this just one view, but right now today is our first day back in here trying to clean up some of this mess. And deep down, if I was can be, can be really honest, like I've been I need to make some time and some space to like feel all these feelings that I'm feeling about it. Like I got to be careful how much I talk about it right now, because I know that there's emotions that are on the edge that are about to break. I know that I know that by myself. But what if people didn't know that about themselves? What if they didn't know what they were doing to ignore the feelings that are really true in their heart? What if they were numbing? And this weekend, I can, I can be, I'm be honest. I mean, we're going to talk about taking off the mask. Let me, as, the, as, I, as I do all, often as much as I can to just be really clear. Uh, yesterday, I went to an event with some fraternity brothers. It was our anniversary of our joining my um, fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma. Um, and so we, were, we had a, a feast. We had a feast together. It was a beautiful time. 30-year anniversary of our joining. As I processed is it 30 years yeah yeah it's 30 years wow that went fast 
Um, <laughs> as, as as I processed this this evening, we we had some good food and some good conversation and hanging out, watch some of the game. Um, you know, I brought some some sweets and I left them there purposely at the party because I didn't want to like take them home because I knew that I'm still like on the edge of like not wanting to feel these feelings. And on my way home, I have to stop at a store because I need to pick up a couple of things. And then I was going to pick up something that I probably don't need some sweets. You know, if you know, my addiction is sweets, flour, sugar together, the most incredible combination that I think has ever been created. And I got home and I was like, oh, I'm going to make this peach cobbler that I've been wanting to make for a couple of weeks. I finally got the peaches. Let's go make it. And then, oh, I got these pastries that I got from Costco. And as I as the, the peach cobbler's in the oven, I'm warming up the pastry. Let me just be really clear. Like, I'm asking myself as I'm warming this up, like, you're not going to eat both of these, are you, Shanti? Like you're going to leave the peach cobbler for maybe tomorrow or later in the week. Like, but in my mind, like I know where I'm going, like I'm about to devour it all. And as I'm eating this, like I paid for it, it's mine and take it from nobody. I have the right to eat what I want to eat, but I'm smart enough to know that I shouldn't eat things that are going to take me out of this planet early. I, I know that. But guess what? I also know, I know that I need to have some space to deal with these feelings that I'm trying to ignore. And look, I've been running ever since the room office got broken into last week. I went to Yolo County for a presentation. We had an event at the Hayward Promise Neighborhoods Festival. And then yesterday I had this event to go to. And so like, when am I making time for me to just like process what I'm feeling? <sighs> about you, what about you? When are you making time for yourself to process feelings that are hard to feel? Do you have a numbing regimen? Do you have a, a protocol of how you ignore those things because you don't have time to deal with them? And over and over, they just keep getting pushed down and pushed down and pushed down until they explode. And guess what? I'm clear that I am on, I'm, I'm on a little light edge of an explosion. Not good. And I think about Nick in our conversation as he talks about his journey of like how he hit these moments of success and acting and, 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 and beautiful things in life and these things that are happening behind the scenes. You will hear him talk about his journey. Coming from a very prominent family in Australia, like everyone knows your name. He's been in the media since he was 12 years old. Like imagine that life. And I've never met anyone who had to navigate that life. Where everywhere you went, people were watching you and observing you and writing about you and talking about you and and spotting out all your errors and your flaws. And I wonder how challenging that may be. But today you get to hear Nick's story. You get to hear him and I talk about these masks. And I hope that you make a mask, too. I hope that you take a moment in your life sometime soon. And take a mask, make a mask millionmask.org like nick and i are going to share our mask publicly you don't have to anonymously millionmask.org you can make your mask and you can see masks of thousands of people around the world who have also made masks don't do it alone you're not alone and as a person who does this work and who knows that i gotta be catching myself in those moments i hope you have a regimen of catching yourself like, I don't have a, I don't have a desk lamp. I don't have a webcam. Like, that's all stolen. I don't even know. I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do something on my phone, maybe? I'm known to do that. 
But today, right here in this space where we try and serve the world, that feeling of like, yeah, I don't have time for it right now. Thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Thank you for listening. I will do my work. I will take care of myself. I'll make time later today to process all of this stuff. But right now, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nick Brax. And we'll see you soon, folks. Take care. Nick Brax, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. It's so good to have you. Great to meet you. Appreciate you having me on. Well, you know, I would like you to just introduce yourself. What do you want folks to know about you before we jump into these masks? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give a very quick introduction. So I, uh, my name's Nick Brax. I'm from Australia. I've been living in New York for about three years now. I've been working in the mental health area for about 12 years. So uh, the two industries I've mainly been in has been in that area from awareness work. And I fell into it through being in the media in Australia, I grew up in a well-known family. My dad was the premier of Victoria, so the equivalent of like gov- governor of California. Mm. So the family was sort of very well known. Uh, and I was, he was in that position since I was 12 years old. So I, through that period, had um, problems with anxiety and depression and a whole range of things that played out in the media. And event- I was getting in a lot of trouble um, and very publicized events. And um, that led to eventually when I was working through it, um, I was on a reality show and I got asked to share my story and it led to a public speaking career and building what I've been doing for the last 12 years now, which is traveling around the world, sharing my story, sharing other people's story, building you know programs and communities around mental health and connecting people, trying to use storytelling to, to connect. So, um, you know, that's sort of my mission, I guess I could say. Oh, we thank you. Well, today we're going to get to do some storytelling, so I'm excited to to learn more and hear more from you, and thank you for being willing to share your story with us. No problem at all. Well, we're going to make masks together today, so I'm going to walk us through the steps, okay? So uh, the way we're going to do it is um, you have a notebook there, I have a piece of paper, but we're going to use like the left side of your notebook and the right side. So let's on the left side, just at the top, just write front, write the word front. Yep. Okay. And on the left side, front. Yeah. Yep. And on the right side, we'll write back, write the word back. Okay. Okay. And we'll work on the front first. We'll work on the front. So the front will be what we call the front of the mask. So the first step, um, for some people, this is the easy part. Some people, is the harder part is to draw a mask. So whatever you draw is perfect. There's no grade on it. So draw a mask, whatever comes to your mind, whatever you want to draw on the left side. On the left side, right. Uh-huh. Okay, this will be shocking. I can't even imagine <laughs> how to draw a mask. Yeah. <laughs> so just draw any any sort of mask. Yeah, like whatever comes to your mind when you think of a mask. Like, I mean, you know, we're talking about these emotional masks, but you get like the idea is to just let your mind just be free. So like be as, okay. as, as creative or whatever you want or not. Um, and it'll be great. Now if I can find a pen, well, I guess I'm looking for Okay, well, give it a go anyway. I shouldn't have done this um, live with you. I should have done it before so I could. Now, now I can't cheat, I, you know. 
<laughs> well, I'm, 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 well, I, I I'm not going to compare. No comparison. It's going to be fun. Whatever you draw is going to be perfect. And I, I think if you look at some of our our former guests, like <laughs> yeah. we've have we seen all kinds of uh, amazing images, you know, and uh, <laughs> okay. No, that's a, that's the point. No comparing. And it's going to be fun. exactly. Be, I think. Um, did, did you like drawing growing up? Uh, I didn't mind it. I was never great at it, but um, you know, didn't mind it. Okay, cool, cool. So I've got a very basic mask getting drawn here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you would be you'd be amazed. I trust it. Trust it. Whatever it comes, I tell people whatever comes from your mind. There we go. That's that's my quick version there. Do oh I man, show it up you don't have to show it yet, but but we're good. Your people are you give give them a oh. give them a heads up already. That's perfect. Perfect. Okay. okay. Sorry, I didn't know. I was meant to oh, not show oh, no, it. No, you're gonna show it. This is good. Go. Um, this is great. So now the now the next step is I'm gonna have you. Think of that mask as a representation of you, right? So um, think about the things that you let people see about you. What are the things that you let people see gladly, like proudly? So on that same side where the mask is, the left side, write three words or yep. phrases that are qualities of yourself that you gladly let the world see. Okay. okay. So anywhere, anywhere on that side, three words or phrases that are qualities or characteristics of yourself that you let the world see. Sure. Okay. All right. That part. Don't 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 right. show it. Don't One show it yet. Second. Don't show it yet. I okay. won't show it this time. Yep. I'll keep it to <laughs> keep it to myself. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's the front. The front of the things that we gladly let the world see. And now we're gonna move to the back, which is the right side. And and the back are things that we don't usually talk much about. Um, we don't usually let people see. Maybe they're things that are just maybe we've talked about them before, but we don't talk about them much or Whatever level of you're willing to think about the back as things that we don't talk about much, uh, that's the back of the mask. So what are some things that you don't talk about much that you're willing to share here? Okay. okay. Um, let me have a think. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Take a deep breath. Oh, there we go. <laughs> now, you the guest, so you get to decide who goes first. Either you want me to go first and I'll share the front of my mask or... Or you want to go first and um and you share first? Uh yeah, you go first. Why not? Okay. Why not? So I'll share the front first. Um here's the image that came to me today. That's what I drew today. And the words I wrote today are funny, serious, passionate. And I was gonna write caring also. I I, I sometimes when I ask myself what words I want to really share today, like only thing I think caring is in there. But I think oftentimes like um serious and passionate is like leads, right? Like it like it leads it underneath it, like I'm so serious a lot of the times because I care a lot. I'm so passionate about this work because I care a lot. But I think sometimes in the moment in the days of just like work and work and work and meetings and work and more work, right? Like sometimes it could I may not say it. I may not say it a lot. Yeah. Often, I may, I think th I would want people to know it because I'm working so hard to make our world better, our community better, our life for our young people better, our schools better. It comes from a place of caring, but I think it's like, um, it oftentimes can't be, it's not seen, it's not visible, right? So I think Che Guevara has this quote that he says, um, like a true revolutionary is motivated by a sense of love, right? 
But if you're if you're on the outside being a revolutionary, people would say you're like a warrior. You're like a you're you're a fighter. You're violent or whatever the words they would name you. And they may not see that beneath it is this deep care for something, right? And so, um, sure, yeah. So that's um, that's how the front of my mask shows up today. I think um, you know with a lot of the work that we're doing is like sometimes it's like we got to get this stuff done, right? And in my mind, it's just because, because it's a bigger mission. It's not just because of this one thing or this piece of paper or this thing. It's this, it's the lives that are impacted by that being done well, right? It's the, the lives that could be saved or improved or drastically transformed if we do this thing well. And so I think sometimes the, the caring part doesn't come out in maybe some of the daily conversations, but it's in there. So. I didn't, I didn't yeah. write it, but it's it's a big piece of me too. Yeah, and no, I appreciate you sharing that one. And I, I um I know exactly what you mean because it's um so difficult. I think the the fine line between when you're working in that area or for a cause, but then you're so busy and you get so caught up in more that you know logical thinking, getting tasks done that it takes you. They're two very different you know frames of mind. So it almost takes you away, even though that's leading to trying to help in you know this area that you're passionate about it's actually taking your own personal behavior sometimes away from that so it's like very difficult to find that balance uh so yeah totally relate to what you're saying there mm. so I'll, I'll show you mine right on. um so here it is my pretty average drawing i've got here um <laughs> <laughs> Vul i've got vulnerability empathy passion um as I was doing it, I was sort of thinking vulnerability. I, I guess it sort of contradicted what you'll see when I show the back of it, but I do show vulnerability in the work I'm doing and, you know, always try and lead by example. I've told, tell my story, but there's also another side where I don't, where, you know, I'm like a people pleaser. And anyway, I'll talk about that when I go into the other side of it, but it's, yeah, it sort of made me think about that a little bit when I was writing the back part of it of what came up so then then empathy yeah i feel like i try to be empathetic towards people and as best as i can and passion's probably the biggest i think i just i've really lived my life by by passion i've never um had a conventional job i've always you know followed what i've wanted to do in my life i've had haven't had a choice of not being able to listen to my gut because whenever i've ignored it you know, I'll implode. So I'd say passion's really the thing that that drives me in life. That's like what that's where I get the meaning from. So that's the biggest one for me. Mm. I'm glad. I'm glad we, that we, I resonate. I resonate. And I'm glad that. And I think that's a great way to talk about the passion. It's like if I don't do this thing, it feels like something is like, 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 like going to implode, explode, right? Like I think that same the same place, right? I think I tell like the young people in our work. I'm like you're you're dealing with all these emotions, but you're not showing any of them. So like you're you're bottling yeah. them up, and and that's gonna be on the positive side or the negative side. If you're if you can't be too happy and you can't be too whatever sad, you then you all these emotions begin to like store up and they're waiting and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do something has to be done with them, right? It's motion, energy yeah. in motion, you know. So yeah, right. Thank you for that. Um, absolutely. And now we go to the back. Yeah, you ready for the back? Yep. Okay. I'm ready for it. <laughs> now the back for me today was feeling a little bit like I feel was feeling indecisive. So I'm gonna it's gonna look a little strange, but it's because I was I was having some indec indecision here. So I wrote fear of, and I drew these lines because I think there's 
there's several things that I'm like feeling fear of. Like, um, I was just recently talking to someone about like feeling the fear of going to the ATM machine, right? Like, like that's why am I afraid to go to the ATM machine? Well, because we got some young people in this in our city who are acting crazy out here, and it's like, like, like I don't want to deal with no drama. I don't want to deal with no battle. I don't want to deal with like my ego pushing up against some young person in their ego, and then something un- unsafe, un- unhealthy happens to me, right? Because I'm like being stubborn knowing that the intelligence would be like right, let whatever happens going to happen right i think all these things are, are stand out to me and so fear lots of fear like fear of failure right um and i think i'll i'll show the other two because i think it connects like so fear of fear of lots of things i'll start there self doubt is one that um that happens and i don't talk about much except yep. on the show and this one it was like uh what did i write i wrote what's next this is the first time i've ever written like this like what's next like I'm, I, I kind of success or failure, right? And maybe a mixture of both. And maybe the the, the graphical line yeah, up, and yeah. up and down. Like I sometimes like it's just like hoping for the best and like having some experience where the the best ha- hasn't arrived. Then you're just like preparing for the worst, and you're always like I'm working so hard to try and overcome any potential inkling of failure. And then that becomes like you're always working and you're never stopping, you're never slowing down, not resting, not self-caring. And so it kind of becomes yeah. like a like I'm like, am I I'm I'm luckily I'm having these conversations in my mind to myself, right? <laughs> and not out of my mind. Like uh I have a brother who has schizophrenia. So when he's doing one of his modes where he's having multiple conversations, I just I, I just hold space for him, right? Cause I'm like like, I don't know what that's like for him, but I know what it's like to like inside sometimes to be just like, man, is this going to work? Am I going to ever achieve the, the level of success I want to achieve? And, and, and I'm, I'm having the conversation in, internally, right? So it's kind of one of those moments of things that I think about a lot. And I think fear, fear of my brother's health, you know, his well-being. Um, so anyway, those are the things that are showing up on the back today. Yeah, well... Thank you for sharing those. And as you as you're saying, as you're sharing yours each time, it's making me realize other things that I forgot to put on, didn't think of to put on mine. So it's giving me other other ideas, you know, um, sparking things. So I'll um, I'll bring this up here. Okay. So I've got I'd cross one of them out, but I've got fear of you know failure. So failure in the sense of yeah, not achieving what I want, and also not talking probably about you know past failures and things like that not that i'm embarrassed about them but probably don't you know vocalize that enough yeah. i can be probably my biggest thing in my biggest obstacle i've had to overcome has been people pleasing so a fear of a fear of speaking my mind mm. um at all times which and that's where i i sort of realized this contradiction with the vulnerability side where you know i make a point to really try and be as open and vulnerable as I can. But then I'm also a people pleaser. So in so many situations, I'm wanting to try and, um, you know, say, appease that person. And if I don't agree with what they're saying, I'll be weighing up the situation and thinking, actually, I don't want to upset them. I want to make this person feel happy. And it's, you know, it can, it's not a healthy way to be. So I, I tr- really try and work on that. And then not being enough, which I think it links again to, 
the failure one of you know I was really resonating what, with what you were saying, and I think I think you know it's probably a certain personality type as well where I feel like you're probably similar to me with that passion, you know, wanting to just achieve these dreams. There's so many things you want to do, and you know you 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 just can't fit it all in, and you want to. There's a fear of what if I don't have enough time to do it, or I you know I need to do these things. So it's sort of a, the blessing and curse of that kind of personality. And for me, it's all day, every day, I'm tempering myself of from, you know, trying to be present to trying to worrying about what if mm. I don't achieve this? What if that doesn't happen? I need to work harder. I need to do this. And, you know, I've got to be careful not to burn myself out and to have <laughs> balance and to enjoy what's going on right now. And and then as I was ta- as you were talking as well, and as I was sort of talking about this, I just thought of another one, which is when you were saying the ATM one, I was realizing I, you know, have had a huge fear of money as well. Like I, I guess I, um, you know, I'm in a good position now, but when I was in my twenties, especially I was in the entertainment world, I would make money, I'd go broke, I'd make money, I'd go broke. And I've still got this thing in the back of my head, this like scarcity sort of feeling when it comes to money of what if I run out, I need to make more, I need to make sure that I'm safe. I don't want to lose my independence. I've got to have enough money to allow me to always be able to do what I want to do with my life. I can't be, be in that position where when I know the reality is even if I lost everything, I can still, you know, I'll be fine. All the things I actually value, I don't need the money for. But there's that there's that sort of story that I'm battling in my head that again I'm getting better with. But yeah, um, you know, that's another one that sort of came up as we were talking. Ooh wee. <laughs> well, you talk about money. Oh, money story is a big one. That's a big one. That's a that is one. I, I think. Imagine that. Imagine my fear is actually going to the ATM, which sounds like a, such a first world problem, right? Like the fact that there, <laughs> the fact that there's something in there <laughs> means something that most people don't have, right? So I, I actually now that I think about it in another way, I'm like, how. Maybe how how silly of me, but also like how real, right? Too, right? So knowing that exactly. it is my problem that I'm not trying to compare it to anyone, but I know that the fact that there is something in there. I've definitely had days where there's no need to go to the ATM because I'll just be pushing buttons. You know, there'll be no there'll be no activity happening. <laughs> it's just like oh, I guess I'll just go and play <laughs> with the machine here. You know what I'm saying? Like that, they were, <laughs> so it's a different, different, different life now than than the many of many times in my life where you just don't even look at the ATM, right? That's not even an option. But um, when, when one thing you said that was really interesting when you said um, the people pleasing and the, the that part, I think, and and you who said you grew up in the political world. You know, one thing I I worry about is speaking up against these things that are like seeming to be like absolutely horrific in the world happening, right? And I and I sp- and I fail to speak up sometimes. I I fail to speak up. I, I'm very I'm afraid to speak up because I'm like I don't want to make people mad, right? Like I I I yeah. don't like I I want to say I use the word hate. I I hate the idea of how. Um, racism has has uh, impeded our world and how people are willing to act as if it doesn't exist maybe because they don't have to experience or they've never had to navigate that world in that way so it's almost to say like oh well you can't be feeling it because i never felt it therefore it's almost like a dismissing and i and i i've i i've had to I bite my tongue so often to not just pick up this device and start 
blah, blah, blah. Like I have, I have a lot of words I want to say. I have a lot of words that I've been holding and storing. And I'm like, don't do it. You're going to make somebody mad. You're going to piss somebody off. You're going to like, you're a nonprofit. You need the support of this community. Like, and I sometimes feel like I'm mm. afraid because I'm afraid of what will happen. I'm afraid of not being able to raise enough money for the organization. I'm afraid of like, what happens if you met, you, 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 you anger donors. Right? And I, I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to, I don't want to feel like that. So I sometimes have to like really question, am I being authentic and to myself sometimes, you know, like I'm holding back real feelings, real thoughts, real thoughts that come from a heart place, not from a, like, I think I know something more than anybody else, but like, I want to share my feelings and I feel like sometimes I'm afraid and, that, and it is that people pleasing place, right? It is trying to craft the best version of myself so it doesn't like trigger anybody to any negative thoughts you know and um yeah it's, it's, that's it that's it I, I never use that word on my mask but I, i'm gonna use it i'm a it, it's a word that's really real for me and i think that's thank you for sharing it no no problem and and yeah i, I totally agree totally understand sorry what you're saying there with um you know, that's been a very common thing for me where it's sort of you want to speak up on something and you might hold yourself back at the fear of potentially losing um, something in what you you perceive reputation that might link to something to do with work or whatever it is yeah. when the reality is unless you're completely just going off, you know, just saying random things and being chaotic, you know, if you trust your own views on things and you're not saying anything that's offensive, then you're, it's probably only going to actually help people resonate further with you if you do behave like that. And I think, um, as you sort of alluded to before, growing up in a political family, having my dad, you know, be the, this, the Premier of Victoria, sort of the one of the most prominent politicians from when I was 12 till in my 20s, you're, you know, I grew up in this environment where you're, literally seeing it unfold in front of you and in politics you know you're they're terrified of saying the wrong thing and we were we were taught we had had to have ingrained into us as kids that you know you've if you go and do this or say that or do that it could become in the news and it did did actually happen for me i i was the eldest and i had a car crash where i was lucky to survive my man my best friend was in the car and we um we're very fortunate we didn't didn't die in this car crash. It was a, a period where I was um, very off the rails and I was using alcohol to cope and um, a drink driving incident that, you know, the whole car was crushed in half and mm. um, became the biggest news story in the country at the time. And, you know, it was sort of because of that position. So all these things got drummed into my mind and some of them were real, you know. These, these are actual real things that were happening that, oh, you know, I better be careful about what I do and don't show to people. And um, it's – and everyone has, you know, this that might have been a more extreme version of experiencing that, but I think every single, you know, person on this planet experiences some version of that. You know, we all – we're taught by society yeah. to say this, to do that. School, we're taught to be in a certain category. It's like we, we get, you know, conditioned to behave in certain ways and – until we break out of it, there is that fear of if I just truly be myself, will people actually like mm. me and accept me or, you know, am I actually enough as I am? 
Yeah, and I imagine like I I can, I can only imagine like you're in the spotlight a lot, right? So where where do you get to mess up? I mean, as a as a human, as a just a human who makes mistakes, right? Where do you get to make a mistake if always there's people like watching what you do or 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 or, or speculating or judging or all the things that happen for people in the spotlight? Like I sometimes wonder about that. Like I don't I'm not in the spotlight, so I don't but I'm like what happens if you just can't go to the grocery store just dressed like a mess? Like, you know, like where every time somebody's like, I, maybe some of the people want that kind of problem, but I, I sometimes wonder, I don't, I can't imagine if I have to be like, everywhere I go, I have to like be thinking about how is my hair? How's my, you know, all the stuff that people think about. I don't know. I don't know. I imagine that could be pressure too. Yeah. I don't think it's a healthy, I don't think it's a natural or healthy thing for anyone. And I think, you know, we we live in a world where we're taught to either chase money and or fame. And I think a lot of the time when people actually get there, they they realize it's not the answer. And if anything, they become more miserable because they get addicted to that attention on a small level. But in Australia, at a period of time, I was on all these different, I was on um, Dancing with the Stars. I was then on a a soap opera. I was in acting on this show for a couple of years and did a whole bunch of stuff. And I had a huge amount of publicity and attention and I'd walk down the street, people would know who I was, I'd go out to a nightclub, I would um, could bring, you know, 10 of my friends in, I'd be in a booth, I'd be sort of you know, bringing drinks over, whatever. And from that even small experience of it, I just learned how um, addictive that whole, that whole um, how alluring it, it, it is and I just wanted more and I became, you know, a bad version of myself and I'm glad I went through it because it sort of let me go and you know on on the journey i've been on but i can totally see how some of these especially some of these um you know young actors or musicians that become mega famous in their teen as a teenager or something you don't have the, you, you haven't grown you haven't had enough life experience to know you know i feel sorry for them because you you need to have that time to just stuff up to learn about yourself to experiment to whatever how do you do that if that's all playing out in public it's not it's not a healthy thing Man, I wonder, you know, like you in the work that you do around storytelling, um, like I imagine at the end of a talk, maybe young people or maybe even older people come up to you and just say, thank you for sharing your story. Or maybe they resonate with your story and they're like, you know, how, how, how do you encourage young people? Our work in our in our clubs are mainly with young people, but our you know, we do work with teachers and educators and things like that. But is there is there a. a, a some tips you give to young people around being getting to find a way through their story, right? Like they're going through some tough stuff and they're just like, like you, they, maybe they're trying to talk to you and they can't even get the words out. Cause they're just like, you could tell they're just like, their story is stuck, right? Or the, is there things that you share with them to like, how do you begin to like take back power from the story and you hold the power of the story, right? As opposed to like the story have feeling, making you feel like you're underneath a, a heavy load. I guess like the majority of, you know, I'm not, not from a psychology background and the majority of my work has been speaking in companies, in schools, just sharing my story and sort of then sharing mental health like tips and advice and working with professionals. But what I've found from doing that, it's been really just the more raw and honest and vulnerable and relatable that I can be when I share my story, 
And then even if it if that leads to even just one person in that room sharing something or speaking up, it it gives the other people permission. So I I guess what I've found is the approach that's worked best for me has been to just try and always find a way, no matter what the group is, mm-hmm. um, find how can I um, how can I sort of break through these these walls mm-hmm. in that room? How can I um, you you know be self deprecating to cut through with these guys and make them feel like they can really relate to me and see themselves in my story and then realize that it's okay for them to mm-hmm. have gone through whatever they've gone through and and i think that's that's where I, what i see with the power of storytelling it's we you know we all tell ourselves this narrative that we're not good enough and you know what's wrong with me why have i struggled you know why do i find things so much harder than other people and we feel shame about certain things and not realizing when we're thinking that is everyone's thinking the same thing yeah. and Often the people who seem the most confident and together actually are holding the most shame and they're bottling all of these things up. And we, so I think it's just such a powerful thing, you know, through the 12 years of time that I've been in this industry, um, I've done a whole range of things, but still for me, the most powerful thing has been just standing up and sharing my story, leading from example. And I'll just quickly give you one. You know, because the, there's been so many. I've done literally probably in the thousands of these talks and I've seen so many, you know, so many different things happen from it when you've heard, either heard a story or on the day someone's come up and, you know, gone and gotten help or shared their story. But there was probably about five years ago I was talking, um, doing a series of talks for a construction company and it was a Friday afternoon and um, this I'd done 80 talks. I had f- factories all over Australia. <laughs> so I did the same. I, I was exhausted myself. I was like, this. that was actually on a side note. I had to pull back from doing these talks at that point because I was sharing, you know, you, as you would know with doing this, you're being, you know, honest and vulnerable. You're wanting to give it everything and it takes a lot out of you. And I was doing, you know, 20 of these a week sometimes. So anyway, I did this talk and at the end of this session in this factory with these you know men who had been working together for 20 years this guy was in his 50s and he was seen as you know a leader in the company he was the person everyone went to for advice same at home and he came up to us and said i've got an active plan to end my life this coming weekend in two days time and he and it's not that i you know did or said anything out of the ordinary in my talk, it was that at that moment, this guy needed to hear that. Yeah. And he had, he had been bottling this stuff up for so long that he was about to implode. He's holding on to it for 20 years. He felt shame. He didn't know what to do. And he had spent so much time planning, tying up all of these affairs. Mm. And he, he believed he was going to go through with it. And as soon as he actually said it, yeah. he realized, oh shit, you know, like that's a crazy thought. And the, the HR manager was able to get him help and he got rehabilitated and um, ended up coming back to work and sharing his story and, you know, helping other people in the company. And it's like, it was just a crazy thing to see, you know, yeah. like that. You, and I, I guess that goes for, you know, this conversation we're having today. You know, I've got my own podcast as well. And you put them out there and you often think, is anyone actually getting value out of this? Like what? But then you hear you hear one story and you realize, you know what, if that's all that it did, that's actually amazing. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I think 
Ooh, I feel that. I feel that. And I wonder how many men who didn't come to the talk or who didn't, who could have been in one of those talks and didn't and who were still carrying it by themselves. They were just, and I, and I hope that we can, I'm really thankful for the work that you're doing. And uh, I hope that more companies and more people, more organizations, more schools, more people would like find a talk, right? <laughs> find, uh, yeah. everybody's voice may not be what resonates with them, but find the one that helps you to see that there's so much more. Like our, our tagline of our campaign is like, there's more to you than anybody can see by just looking at you. There's more to me than people can see by looking at me. But if I'm judging you and I'm, if I think that no one else is going through what I'm going through because we all got good masks and everybody's so happy and cool and I got all the, all the right answers all the time, we could totally miss that people are probably going through similar stuff, but we have not found the trust to talk about it, you know? It's so true. It's so, so true. You know, and that's, we're, we're taught, like you're saying there, we're taught to wear a mask and we're taught to smile and say that everything's okay and try and, you know, compete with each other and, try and outdo each other and it's just it's a crazy way of living and then there's no end to it you know it's this whole thing about how do i how do i just and i think it's great to be ambitious but in the right way when we're just trying to make more money or you know do it for just very shallow pursuits if it's only that it's not going to make us happy we're, we're gonna you know we need we need more depth to what why we're doing what we're doing yeah so much and, and and imagine that, imagine that part, right? Like that man came up, talked to you all, got some support and came back. And maybe the people who never had a clue were uh, even inspired to say, oh, wow, if, if he's going through stuff and he's willing to talk about it, maybe then I can too, right? I think it's almost like who, maybe they didn't hear it from you. Maybe your spark sparked him. He heard you. He got the support he needed. He came back. And then that person who maybe was at your same talk, but was busy on his phone or busy in another world or just didn't, it didn't resonate. Now the person who he's been working with for 12 years is like talking about some real stuff. And now he's like, so it's almost like we never know like what seed that we plant for trees that we will never be able to even see or experience. Right. I think imagine that's the, I think that's the beauty of this work, you know? Absolutely. And that's the thing. And I think uh, at the end of the day, you, you know, like we've been saying, we're all human. We all, we're all vulnerable. We all have ups and downs. We all have limitations. We all have things we need to deal with. But because we want to, I think, you know, it's a human thing to, we want to feel like we're, have more control than we actually have. So that gets translated now into, trying to just advance things all the time and technology and, you know, social media and comparison. And then we start to compare ourselves to all these things that aren't actually real. But if everyone was just honest yeah. and we talked in, you know, we sat face to face in person, you're not going to feel that because you're going to realize, oh, we're all freaking the same. No one's got anything special that we don't have. And we don't have anything special that, that you know, that they don't have. Everyone, we're all, we're all equal. And it's just not enough conversation or not even conversation. Society's just not w wired in that way, which it's, it's um, a dangerous thing and you know, it needs to change. Mm. Well, I'm on this team. I'm on this team with you to help change it in, in all the ways. I'm, I'm hoping to get to New York soon and um, hopefully I'll, I'll get to see, meet you face to face. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to 
there was a school in the Bronx called the Bronx International High School that we've done work at before. And there's another school, I think Bronx Lab School. So we're really trying to like plant as many seeds as we can to help educators and teachers. So, you know, I look forward to coming out there and uh, uh, seeing you in the work. And I really appreciate you. Thank you for making time for this conversation. Uh, what would you say just as we as we wrap it up? Like, is there any our, our primary work? I, I don't think our audience is a mix. But we have a few young people, but a lot of people, young people don't listen to podcasts. But we have a few teenagers who listen who I've heard. They come and tell me, oh, I heard one of your episodes. Right. And so you're like, OK, good, good. I'm glad that at least one of you are are out there listening but i think for for adults maybe even for people you, you you know in our age group right what what is a message you will want to leave with folks you know that a person may who's like recommended this episode maybe they heard of you maybe they heard of the taking off the mask maybe they're like let me listen to this i heard about this australian guy gonna be on there or this guy from new york right whatever they have they describe you right let's see what he has to say like what is a message you would say to them who've never met you, but who is trying to decide, I don't, I don't have people I can, I don't know who I can talk, tell this stuff to. I don't know who I can talk mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a good point. It's, and what I would say, the one, the, there's one thing that I've been saying for a, a long time, which is basically that there's only one thing that you should not do when it comes to mental health. And that's nothing. So just literally do something. So if you're, you know, if you don't know where to go, you're struggling, you feel embarrassed about it, whatever it is, just do something. And it's the first step's always the hard part. But if you if you don't know where to go, you can go on to Google and type in, you know, free mental health helpline and call that up. You, if you just take that one step, that's going to lead to you then getting information about what the next step is. If you have no resource available, there are things you can do. So I think just doing something, getting momentum, taking that first step is what I'd say. Ooh -wee. That that uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that because I I even forgot that that is a a resource out there that is easily available for anyone anonymously, right? You can just call anonymously and say, "Here's what's happening," right? To be able to yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, look how how Absolutely. do you want folks to follow up with you if they want to like know what you're up to or like if there are there places that should follow you or keep in touch with your work. What would that look like if somebody wanted to reach out to you? Yeah, I appreciate that. So if they wanted to reach out or check out my work, they probably the easiest place to go is my website, which is just nickbrax.com. And on there, you can find my podcast. I released a book two years ago. Um, I've got some free resources on there. And I've got links on there as well to my um company which is move your mind so that's moveyourmind.io and we're it's a software platform that we use to manage wellness programs and companies and then the other one would be instagram so just at nick brax on instagram if you can if you're listening to this and you want to give me a follow um you know i put a lot of content up on there you know most days around mental health nick would you, would you be willing to just share maybe a minute about the the company like um about what, what it does because i think maybe for folks who are employees or managers or bosses maybe they they, they want to know more and I, I i will put all the links in there but would you just share a little bit about what it does or how it helps companies yeah i'd love to love to so i i guess um that's evolved now where in the past i was from the speaking i was making programs with wellness experts and i'd license these programs into companies and what it's evolved into now is we've built a a, a software platform so um basically we work with companies and manage their wellness programs. So this software platform comes with 
essentially a social media feed of content. So you go on there, the employees will look and they've just got content from, you know, financial, mental, physical, um, spiritual health, a whole range of areas and anything from, you know, real 30 to 60 second videos, like short TikTok style ones, uh, longer ones, courses, articles. So they, they're just getting fed that. And as they start using it, it'll feed them content based on what they're responding to. And then they get encouraged to fill out surveys that the company put together to help, you know, gain information to help support them. And they win points that they can trade in for, you know, coupons. So they're incentivized. And it, over time, it helps them build, you know, daily habits and things like that. So, so yeah, that's, um, only just launched recently, actually. It's sort of the new version of it. So it's been a, you know, long, long time coming, but, um, yeah, move your mind is what it's called. Ooh, we, uh, you know, it's something that we were thinking about trying to create for young people, like that type of as a resource where they could like go and get the support they needed. Right. Like they didn't, it was, it was a, a menu for them. Right. So I'm going to be reaching out and seeing if there's a way, cause I think, I, I think our, our young people, we're, we're seeing it over and over again. They they have a, such a huge need for this. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Your mind. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll be in touch again for sure. Um, Nick, thank you for being here on the show. Folks, Nick and I shared our mask publicly, but you don't have to share yours publicly. You can share yours anonymously at millionmask.org. And we look forward to you being a part of this movement with us. Nick, thank you for sharing your mask with us today. Mate, thank you again. And, you know, same to you, as you said before, I think the work you're doing is amazing. I, you know, I'd love to stay in touch because I, you know, love people like yourself that are doing this work and I've really enjoyed this chat and, um, that, you know, the mask exercise was amazing. <laughs> I, I thought that, that sparked such a good conversation. So love what you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Glad to know you. And I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks so much. Bye folks. Take care. Taking Off The Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie and graphics by Kelly Wong. Guests are managed by Dan Paloma and the podcast is edited by Samuel Matingo. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. And for every guest that's been a part of the show, you are now a part of the Taking Off The Mask family. The Taking Off The Mask podcast is brought to you by the Ever Forward Club. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review and share this with someone. We look forward to having more conversations that matter. And please remember, there is more to you than anybody can see by just looking at you. 